0: You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Mary. Hello, my radio friends. Welcome to the program today. I have a question for you. Which woman has been the subject of more art, more songs, and more poetry than any other in all human history? Well, the answer is Mary. Mary who? Well, it's Mary, the mother of Jesus. And today, I want to share with you what the Bible says about her, and I want to also share some common Marian beliefs that have no basis in the Bible. These latter beliefs are assumptions made up by people who, with possibly the best of intentions, have come up with ideas that have no scriptural support whatsoever. It's good to remember the injunction found in Isaiah chapter 8 verse 20 about what we should or should not believe. This clear statement says to the law, And to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, there is no light in them. Put in simple terms, if any belief is not based on the Holy Scripture, then that belief is mere fiction, made up by man, a fairy story, no matter how good it seems. Well, the Gospel writer Luke introduces Mary in chapter 1 and verses 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, "'Greetings,' You who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. was obviously a virtuous young woman engaged to be married to Joseph who was probably quite a bit older and probably had children from his first marriage. But God had chosen Mary to bear his son Jesus. The Gospel writer Matthew adds more information. He says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. and said son of david a uh, joseph son of david do not be afraid to take mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the holy spirit she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name jesus because he will save his people from their sins all this took place to fulfil what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Immanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. The birth of Jesus at Bethlehem has been celebrated in Christian countries for centuries, although in recent times the word Christmas has been outlawed in various places, including some of the states in the United States of America. Apparently that's the case because Muslims and some other non-Christian groups might be offended. Mary, of course, knew Jesus was God incarnate, although most people did not. Later, when Jesus was about to begin his ministry, he and his disciples were invited to a wedding at Cana. The wine ran out. The story continued in John chapter 2, verses 3 through to 5. Jesus' mother Mary said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. In Matthew chapter 13, verses 54 and 55, After Jesus had been teaching the people at the synagogue, they asked each other, "'Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? "'Isn't this the carpenter's son? "'Isn't his mother's name Mary? "'And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon and Judas? "'Aren't all his sisters with us? "'Where did this man get all these things?' In the Gospel of Mark and Luke, another reference is made to Mary. I'll read to you from Luke chapter 8, verses 19 through to 21. Now, Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, Your mother and brothers are standing outside waiting to see you. He replied, My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Jesus wasn't distancing himself from his family. Instead, he was pointing out those who were his spiritual family. But have you noticed Jesus had both brothers and sisters? The Bible doesn't tell us whether those brothers and sisters were Joseph's children from the first marriage, or whether they were born of Mary, or if they were a mix of both. What is certain is that Jesus grew up in a family. At Christ's crucifixion, Mary was there with other people who loved Jesus. The Apostle John records in John chapter 19, verses 26 and 27, the following. When Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom Jesus loved, and that was John, standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple John, Here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Here at this point, the Gospels have no more to say about Mary. Although she is mentioned in the book of Acts, it is reasonable to assume that she died of old age. However, the Roman the Roman Catholic Church has developed some stories not recorded in the Bible about Mary. One of these is that Mary was translated to heaven. This is called the Assumption. The Assumption of Mary is a Roman Catholic doctrine and to a lesser degree, it is also taught by the Eastern Orthodox Church. Pope Pius XII proclaimed this doctrine on November 1, 1950 in his Munificissimus Deus. My Latin is not too good. This dogma states that the Immaculate Virgin, the Mother of Jesus, after the completion of her earthly life, was assumed body and soul into the glory of heaven. This means that after her death, Mary was supposed to have been taken into heaven, body and soul like Enoch and Elijah. The doctrine further states that Mary was glorified in heaven and is exalted by the Lord as queen over all things. Now, I have to add here that it is assumed that Mary was assumed. So, what is she supposed to be doing in heaven? Catholic popes have referred to Mary as co-redemptrix, the gate of heaven, advocate, and mediatrix, ascribing to her a cooperative role in the work of salvation. What they mean is that Mary is a joint redeemer with Christ. In effect, people can go to her for redemption and leave Christ out of the picture. The Catholic Church does not publicly admit what I've just mentioned, but people are expected to believe it. Mary is supposed to be an advocate for human beings. She has been elevated in the Catholic Church to a position almost equal with God and supposedly people can pray to her and she will act on their behalf. Hmm, very interesting. I thought we only had one advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. The Bible says in 1 John 2, verse 1, that we have only one advocate and not two. So where did the Roman Catholics dredge up that Mary is in heaven and that she is an advocate for human beings, that she will also receive prayers? That is certainly not from the Bible. The scriptures are quite clear who is our advocate. The Old Testament prophecies state that it was Jesus. Isaiah chapter 53, and particularly verses and f- verses 4 and 5, speak about Jesus this way. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we consider him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. There is much more. The Apostle Peter in 1 Peter 3.18 sums up the advocatory work of Christ in this way. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous. He is our one and only advocate and judge. You can search the Bible cover to cover and there is nothing to even hint that Mary was, is, or would be our mediator. The doctrine of Mary translated to heaven and given a role as joint advocate is nothing but hocus-pocus, false doctrine, and lies invented by a misguided religious system that pretends to be holy. And we're going to have a little break here and go on straight afterwards. belief in the Roman Church about Mary is known as the Immaculate Conception and again it is an invention that is not supported by Scripture What I share with you now is an explanation direct from Catholic Answers They say For Jesus to have been born without sin, Mary needed to be a sinless vessel In other words, if Mary had possessed a sin nature when she conceived Jesus, then he would have inherited this sin nature through her. The immunity from original sin, they say, was given to Mary by a singular exemption from a universal law through the same merits of Christ by which other men are cleansed from sin by baptism. Mary needed the redeeming Saviour to obtain this exemption and to be delivered from the universal necessity and debt of being subject to original sin. The person of Mary was withdrawn from the general law of original sin. Her redemption was the very masterpiece of Christ's redeeming wisdom. He is a greater Redeemer... Who pays the debt, that it may not be incurred, that he who pays after it has fallen on the debtor. Now that's from the New Catholic uh, the New Advent Catholic Encyclopedia. Put simply, this doctrine says that Mary did not have a sinful nature. In other words, she was some kind of superwoman who was not quite human. They would also mean that she was incapable of sinning. In that situation, she would have given birth to Jesus, who would have also been incapable of sinning. But why did the devil tempt Jesus to sin? Hebrews 4 verse 15 says, Jesus, our high priest, was tempted in all points as we are, yet was without sin. Did, it, did Mary ever commit sin? Well, we don't know. But if Jesus was capable, well, capable of sinning, so Mary would have been too. For incap- the incapable of sinning doctrine to hold up, some would argue that Mary's mother would have to be free from original sin also, or else Mary would have inherited a sinful nature through her. Based on Scripture, the miracle of Jesus Christ's conception was that he alone was conceived as the only perfect and sinless one because of his complete union with the divine nature of God. Well, I certainly can't support that doctrine Another of those unbiblical doctrines about Mary is that she remained a virgin for her whole life. Now, early Catholic writers, such as Tertullian in AD 220, denied Mary's perpetual virginity. Within Catholic circles, the argument went to and fro And eventually, at the Fifth Ecumenical Council held in Constantinople in 553, Mary was declared to be a perpetual virgin. And Catholics hold that view today. Could God have chosen another woman to bear his son Jesus? Well, probably yes. Mary was chosen because she was a virtuous young woman from a peasant background. She had no claim to nobility or fame and I believe it was important for Jesus to come from a poor, unimportant, disadvantaged background so that no one could say about him, oh, he had this or that advantage in his favour. How could he relate to us? Before finishing today, I want to share with you some of the titles that have been given to Mary. They are Blessed Most Blessed, Mother, Full of Grace, Virgin, Cause of Our Salvation, Mother of God, God God-Bearer, Holy Mary, Saint Mary, Most Holy, Most Pure, Immaculate, Our Lady, Queen of Heaven, and there are a few others. So what should we make of all this? Well, I'd like to say this that Mary was a faithful, obedient woman who was used by God for a wonderful purpose. Although her being pregnant before being officially married was considered shameful, she willingly carried out her duty without complaint. In that, she is an example to us. When God asks us to do something such as obeying his requirements, we should comply without complaint. Mary's salvation was not automatic. Jesus was her saviour just as much as he is ours. The Apostle Peter, who the Catholics claim was the first pope, plainly stated about Jesus, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There is a whole so-called holy aura that has been developed by the Roman Church about Mary, a bit like what happens with gossip. The stories about her have grown and grown out of proportion, and many gullible people swallow them without question. However, Mary has been a role model for human beings as she was obedient and faithful. It is important for you, no matter who you are, to test what you hear and establish your beliefs from the Bible and the Bible alone. Otherwise, you, like many others, might be deceived. Well, that's it for today. I hope I've helped you to gain a better understanding of the importance to base what you believe on the Bible and not on what others say. So, until next time, I wish you joy, blessings and discernment.